With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the LPN Show. Recorded both in Los Angeles and New York City. We're just, you know, here to hang out. Have a good time. All right. I'll talk to y'all after a while. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Welcome to the LPN Show. Ben Kissel here hanging out with Ed Larson. Hello. How you doing, Eddie? <laughs> How you doing, Ben? Good to see you, man. Even though I can't not see you because you're so large. Yes, and of course, I moved to California so you can see me every time you look out your window because I'm staring at you waiting to play. <laughs> it is convenient I'm on the second floor. That is very nice, so I can see <laughs> just into the bedroom. All right, well, why is Eddie with me today? Because we are talking music. Specifically, we are talking the Fleece Brothers with our special guest today, James Fleece. So thank you so much for being on the show, man. Oh, it's my pleasure, boys. Thanks for having me. So Eddie is one of the main uh, instigators of of music awareness when it comes to our friend group. And I want to say that you are the one who probably turned me on. Maybe I like Frankie's Gone was obviously a very famous song that yeah. went totally mainstream. So maybe I had heard that and uh, what the album that that was off of. But I feel like you were one of the first people to really break how awesome the fucking Police Brothers are, bro. James, not to toot my own <laughs> horn. I was on your shit in 2008. Damn. I, was like, I fucking love you guys forever. I had the adventure. Original fan. Original fan. I was in with the uh, Bowery Presents, the Beach family introduced oh, right me on. to you. Johnny yeah. Beach. Yeah, Johnny Beach, Lucy nope. Beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I've always been uh, lingering in the backstage, be like, oh, I, I hope that one day I get to talk to him. So <laughs> yeah, and you did. And, then, <laughs> and, and, and it's happening now. And so, James, <laughs> as, you were, as you were growing up and you're like, I think I want to pursue a, a career in music and I can't wait to meet all the fans did you expect them to be so fat <laughs> because eddie and i both went to go see you at the, at the bootleg theater uh eddie was kind enough to tell me that that was happening i was like i will definitely go with you uh-huh. uh so it was me eddie and julie and i just have to say you guys were so unreal good i felt i felt hashtag blessed to just be there because the venue was intimate you guys did such a great job and then after the show you were selling you were selling some t-shirts so obviously ed and i went and we're like you have to 
big ones. Um, <laughs> and I just, I want to apologize, number one, for our fandom, because Eddie, what did you do immediately as soon as you saw James? I was just like, oh man, you used to be so fat, and now you're so skinny. And now you're, <laughs> because that's the one thing you want to hear. That's the one thing you want to hear from a six foot seven, 300 pounder and his smaller friend at six foot three, 290 pounds. Yeah, you, yeah. you used to be like one of us. Now you're gone. Now I where like you it. all go? Club. Maybe probably temporarily. I'll probably be back. <laughs> but man, when you when you were growing up, obviously you with your brother Ian and uh, and Simon was also in the band for a mm-hmm. while. Talk just a little bit. We can do broad strokes a little bit, I suppose. But when did when did this music thing start? The music thing started when I was a teenager. Well. Yeah, so Simon my, is our oldest brother. He's 40-something yeah. now, 45 mm-hmm. or something. We're all getting there. I, yeah, right? <laughs> I'm 39 and holding. Holy smokes. I'm 36. Yeah, I just turned 36. So far, so good. I've been yeah, hung over nice. the entire time. I've been 36, but I think that'll <laughs> fade eventually. Yeah, when you stop like drinking. A, yeah. Oh, yeah. really? That's it? <laughs> Or, well, you know, more, sucks. more water. You take a Tylenol before you go to bed. Anything. Pedialyte, anyway. it's not just for babies. It's also for adult babies. Adult babies like me. <laughs> Which okay. is nice. That's what I need. So your older bro, Simon, he's what, nine years older or so? He's not, he was the cool brother. He yeah. was always like, he had bands in, in high school. And and um, and um so I always looked up to him and my brother, Ian. Yeah. Eventually, Ian, I think he dropped out of college. Simon was doing nothing with his life. And I had just... I'd gotten out of high school and I wasn't going to go to college. And I was sort of, we were just all aimlessly wandering around the same yeah. sort of like two towns where we grew up and where we still live. And uh, we're like, let's start a band. So we all had acoustic guitars. We all sucked horribly. <laughs> and we just started playing. How did you find the inspiration? What did you sing about? Because I guess that makes sense. That you Would you say you grew up in a smaller town? Yeah, I grew up in the, in the woods. And it gives you that sense of Americana. It gives you that kind of like fun Americana vibe, right? Like, how did you guys even what What were your first like musical observations? What were like What were the songs about? You know, Ian started writing these amazing songs. Like, we were all writing songs, but then it, it, we realized pretty quick that actually he was writing good ones. Yeah, <laughs> and um, they were they were Americana in this way that was also very much infused with American literature and art. He's yeah. like a really intelligent, well-read, surprisingly person. And um, he just has this incredible way of taking like pretty deep concepts, dark things, but like sort of turning them into this like folk art music that really works for me anyway, and, and some people. Was there an inspiration that you guys had going into that? Or was this something that you sort of found organically? Because, I mean, I can't think of, there's not many bands that have like a family structure, like a family core that you guys had. Right. The Osmonds. Other than the Osmonds, and thank other God you guys them. are much different than that. We didn't Although take any I inspiration am, from them. I do think that's great that the the main Osmond, the, the the chick Osmond, you did lose all of your weight by doing her diet, which was very yes. nice. She, I think she's doing something with Jenny Craig. Is that, oh, okay. is that her yeah. method? Okay, yeah. good for her. Also, isn't Jenny Craig like the fattest name ever? It really like, is. It's Jenny Craig, <laughs> linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers. She does sound like she's busted through a door. Says her name, yeah, for sure. So was it like familiar tie or fam- familiar? Was it like family vibe? Like what was the what was the catalyst for the tunes? We would get together on Sundays at my folks' place where I grew up, 
Um, and they're older than me, so they didn't grow up there. And uh, every Sunday we'd have, like have a barbecue and play some tunes on the porch. Um, and that was kind of it. We all had this very deep seated uh, feeling that we never, ever, ever want to have a real job or yeah. ever have a boss, no matter what. Amen. And so with that in mind and like this sort of ability to live pretty dirtbag existences, yeah. we were like, we can just do this. We, never, we didn't have any money. We didn't really have anything, but we was like, we'd rather sleep in the van, which we did, yeah. or in the woods, which we did, or in a parking lot, which we often did, than, you know, <laughs> actually work for a living. Bro, how the hell did that you- That is work. That is work, yes. <laughs> By the way, that's very hard to do. People always say like, you know, these bands, they go on tour, they got it made, it's so right. easy. It's impossible what you do. It's like <laughs> drive all day, play all night, get hammered, get up, do it again. It's, it's like- <laughs> It's why the road takes so many. You it's know? called being a truck driver. <laughs> it, that's when I, our last few tours that we've done, it's just been the four of us, myself, Ian, and our bass player and our drummer. And me and I did most of the driving and the tour managing and the selling of the merch and like the whole thing. And I, I, toward the end of the tour, I was like, oh my God, this is a job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do. I am a truck driver who plays a show every night. <laughs> that's what being on tour is like. I don't oh, mind yeah. that though. I love seeing the country. I miss her actually. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely, man. I had a chance to drive across country during uh, 2020. I oh, went nice. to New York to California. And number one, we are not full. There's a lot of land mm -hmm. left in this country. But number two, no joke. I think I told you this. Your music, that just that the, there's some. I also like the Avett brothers. Yeah. There's something about like brothers getting together or sisters. Just something about a family bond that I think gives the music so much heart and it makes it. When you're driving through uh, Indiana after driving straight for 21 hours, it, it, when it when the music hits, it gives you just a little bit. It, it fills your soul a little bit. It's unbelievable because there's so much heart in it. So, I mean, when it comes to you guys, you started singing on Sundays. How the fuck do you make a career out of this? We were doing um, busking, um, and you know, we just play in the street in the subways. We did a lot of work in the subways. And then like up here, upstate New York, we play in like Hudson and Rhinebeck, which are kind of like touristy towns on the weekend. Sure. Um, but one day we were playing at Fort Greene farmer's market, I think okay. in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. And a yeah. guy walked by who knew a guy who had a label in England. And he, I think we had a little recording at that point and we gave him the recording and he sent it to the guy in England and they signed us to an English record label. Uh, the first time I was ever on a plane in my entire life was to fly to London to sign the deal and to play some shows. That's that amazing. That's why it was so hard to get your album tonight at the Arizona. Yeah. It always drove me crazy. You guys finally released it like last year or, the, or like two years ago. That was, like, you can thank my dad. He was screaming at it every It's Sunday. such a good album. Like, hey, why the fuck can't I, why can't I fucking stream tonight at the Arizona? All right. Yeah. Well, Dad, you're going to have to have us over for Christmas. We can sing it live for you. Oh, you don't want us over again? You want to have Dad's Christmas? Dad alone Christmas? Well, then you don't get to have us over. There. Well, I know why he um, was so offended is because you guys dedicated Take This Hammer to him. That's right. Uh, on, that, on that album. And it was so, uh, it was one of my favorite songs to see you guys play live. Yeah. Because Simon used to always like whip out the hammer. Yeah. And he would like start banging the cymbals with it and shit. I was like, these guys are nuts. I was like, <laughs> he destroyed a lot of instruments and <laughs> burned a lot of 
bridges with a lot of promoters and a lot of clubs in the first few years of our career. <laughs> when when you told your folks that you were guys were going to go on the road and do this band and you guys were busting your ass in the city in Brooklyn, uh, in Manhattan and everything, were they were they like, oh yeah, that checks out, or were they a little mm-hmm. bit surprised? They were. My dad's a carpenter. My mom is a school bus driver. So the whole idea of playing music for a living seemed really stupid to them. Yeah. Um, and like I decided not to go to college because I didn't want, I didn't know what I wanted to do. They were, they were, uh, pissed. But then like a couple years later, my dad, Chuck started listening to music. He's like our biggest fan now. And oh, he's breaking awesome. our balls about making sure that all the records are on Spotify so we can listen to them. <laughs> <laughs> so was your first label, was that loose? Yeah. So yeah, loose was your first label label. That's the, um, that's, he's like the, that's the dream, right? Like, yeah. that's the fantasy we were all sold. Like, you want to be an artist? Go to yeah. the big city. You're performing live. Kid, I got a record company. Like, it's so Mr. Big. It's so Wayne's World. But you got to live that. And, you know, for Eddie and I and for all of our friends with Murder Fist and all the podcasts and everything else that we do, we all coalesced in New York. We all made it in right. New York or tried to make it in New York. And can you just talk about, like, what the hell was that experience like? Were you guys over the moon or were you guys like, oh, shit, I guess this is a job now because you did <laughs> you did work your way into a job we worked our way into a job and we got the job which was to play music in front of people uh but we also realized at the same time it's like oh we're maybe not good enough for this job we, we we sound good on the street and we can make it work in the studio huh. but playing live shows was pretty well what's the difference i feel like a live show where you have an audience that's actually there to see you would be easier than random people walking by you i think spitting gum at you yes for sure but at the same time it's like we we played a lot of bad shows i'm gonna be straight up with you oh my god dude you should see uh, eddie can tell you a few of my stand-up routines i used to do and i will throw back a few of the sketches murder fist used to do there you go no This is called Let's Save Our Careers. For now. <laughs> a lot of garbage. Yes, uh, because you have to. You have to. So we 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 were excited and yeah, we got to play in England, which was incredible. So cool. Um, and then we came back and then we started like kind of getting wine and dined by other, like American record labels. Yeah. But we were so like gung-ho little shitheads that we didn't take any of it seriously every time like an a guy would come we'd make him take us to the most expensive restaurant we could possibly think of that's the thing when you're actually broke like all of us i made 22 grand a year until i was 36 yeah. when you're actually broke you're like the fanciest restaurant i can think of we'll go to jay-z's 50 50 club <laughs> yeah. and everyone's just like are you Outback sh- steakhouse. Outback steak- like it's always just like this is what i believe the rich people do and then rich people are like no we do yeah there's a place called frankie's right down the street that makes the best lasagna in the world that's where we go i remember the first time i got wined and dined and they took me to a, a, a knickerbocker a great, Ooh, a yes, great of course. yeah it was great and then i got sick because i hadn't eaten decent food in years <laughs> like when the russian soldiers eat butter for the first time at the end of the second world war and they would die because they had hadn't had any sustenance. Exactly. <laughs> you can, there is no way that you guys didn't stick out like a th- sore thumb where you're like, oh yeah, those are those are the artists there trying to get money from these two yeah. assholes over here. Exactly. That's 100% what it was. I remember we went to this like really fancy Brazilian barbecue place where like they take the sticks of meat Ooh, like around yeah. the table. Because I, I won the one when I was a kid and I was like, I gotta go back there. But you know, whatever, $100 <laughs> person. So yeah, we exactly. met a guy from I think American or 
capital take us there. And it was just so dumb because like every, you know, 20 seconds, some guy would come around with a big steak of meat. You couldn't have a conversation. <laughs> and we were just like, what are we doing? What are we doing this poor guy? Um, so, yeah, we did that for a while. But then um, we got to go on tour with Bright Eyes like uh, in 2007. And holy shit, which was that was like our big first big show we ever played i think was i think in memphis actually yeah 2007 nice. and that was got to meet connor who's such a sweet guy and um he basically he signed us to his label the other day so you got off a of loose and which one was that was that the what was it fat possum uh team love we've been on a lot of okay. labels this is you got, yeah well i mean honestly that's the whole thing because i was looking at the wikipedia and it's yeah. like there was, the, the, but the i mean the, we'll, let's talk about the music industry a little bit later on because i can't even i don't i have no idea what it is I, I don't, also like, don't literally, know what it is. It's shattered. It's like a million little pieces, but yeah. it's not a it's not a lie like that James Fry book. It's like really shattered. I I have no idea. So we can talk about that because I guess we won't be able to bring any expertise to the table. No, but maybe true. you can, James. So when you were opening up for Bright Eyes, was that did did you ever have like the moment where you're like, I think we're really on to something. I don't think we're ever going to have to work at Shoney's. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with working at Shoney's, but I think that we can do this professionally because I mean, Bright Eyes, especially in 07. Yeah. That, yeah, it was freaking. That dude was huge, man. Yeah. Was gigantic. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll say that I still think I might wind up working at Shoney's, and I, and I've, <laughs> I've been teetering. We've all in this band. We've always been teetering on the very edge of complete and utter financial ruin, like every yeah. second of every day. So I never want to discount the fact that you know. And I, I yeah, when the pandemic came, I started like working a sort of real job. So, but um, so it's not all you know roses and whiskey oh the yeah. music industry is not all fun it's well it's a fun. nightmare now because <laughs> no one buys fucking albums anymore you know it's all on spotify or wherever and it's so now you, it's it's so much harder now for musicians to make it and that's at the why same but the at tour matters so much mm -hmm. well yes because at the same time james maybe you can speak to that when it comes to the small de-democratization of music do you think that helped or hurt do you think that your name the fleece brothers do you think your name would have gotten out there in the 90s, yes, you don't get the money for selling the CDs. I understand all of that. But you do get a lot more earballs, which yeah. could lead a to a lot more money when touring. Yeah, I think that if we had been a band like a decade earlier, we could have maybe gotten like a big advance from some sure. label because they were just giving them away like M&Ms. So we could have gotten like half a million dollars from, you know, capital. But then you got to do what they say. And the music that we would have given them, they would have hated it. They wouldn't have put it out or it wouldn't have been us because we would have had to do what they wanted. So the small D democratization of music, which was definitely in full swing 2006, was cool because we there's like these small labels who didn't invest that much money in you. But you could record a record for relatively cheap because you had Pro Tools and it was just it was a way smaller deal. So we could do whatever yeah. the hell we wanted. And mm -hmm. we did and continue to do that for better or worse. We've only ever played the music that we exactly the music that we wanted to play um yeah. so that's kind of cool i like that when you guys went from and i know eddie has like more in-depth actual questions about the great music but so you guys went from a basically a, a probably a fair or whatever in brooklyn mm. to going to england and then opening up for bright eyes yeah. i would assume that was probably like what twenty thousand people or something uh not that no it was more like um we played radio city that was like the big show. Okay, so this that's that's thirty five hundred people. Yeah, it was like that size, which is huge. How was that first experience stepping on that stage? Because it that is when you know you're going to make it. As Radio a music, City. 
Radio City, number one, you made it. But like when you step on the stage and there's a boatload of people, it's either like sink or swim. And it's like, I got to go out of here. Or like, oh, this is very, very comfortable. I think performing in front of 3,500 is more is more comfortable than five. Yes. Well, yeah. Uh, we Well, I remember that show because the, we drove there the night before and we had a Winnebago, an RV. And somebody in the van took it on the FDR drive, which I'm supposed to do because it's a 10-foot vehicle. And oh, it no. ripped off the... <laughs> Ripped off the air conditioning unit. Ripped a big hole wow. on the top of the RV. That's why you guys smelled uh, like that. Yeah. So when we showed up, <laughs> I remember all the union guys were standing outside, and we were late, and they were pissed. And I was, we were just like throwing pieces of air conditioner all over the sidewalk, trying to patch up the whole <laughs> oh thing. Oh my god! Ends. And then we got in a whole thing because like we had to have like a fireproof drum rug or something but we didn't have one so we had to like pay this guy like six hundred dollars to spray it with flame retardant Uh, what it was it was like it was it was pro you know we've never done a pro union humongous show like that before so we had no idea what the hell we were doing uh but i think the show actually went pretty good people still talk about it in favorable terms i'm sure it went fantastic it seems like that's that that's not the hardest part of being a musician i think the hardest part is when you're going over an overpass and 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 your uh, bus is too big yes very humble going under an overpass yes also radio city is perfect for you guys because you're so new york i mean you're americana like you speak to everyone across the nation but you guys are very new york i mean especially with uh rockefeller drug law blues yeah like that shit's, you know, it speaks. Like it speaks to everyone. People like in that audience have people in prison that they know right. from those fucking laws. And the, right. you guys, you would always sing that with so much heart. And so and I remember, because um, Ian sings that one, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And I remember I saw it was, um, what was that one in Jersey at the park? Um, All Points West. I, I saw oh, you wow. guys at All Points West, like 2008, 2009, something like that. And Ian was singing that song while like grilling the Statue of Liberty. And it was one of the coolest things I ever seen. It was it just like it stuck with me to this day. Like I, I'm getting like chills even talking about it. It was a, it was one of the greatest musical performances I ever seen. That's amazing. I yeah, didn't yeah. realize that. I, <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, you guys were on fire back then. Not that you're not now. Yeah, not that we're not now, right? Well, I would honestly, I believe that your <laughs> last uh, three albums are your best ones. I think that, like, put together, like, you guys really just figured it out. You have the same voice as you always had, right? But, but you guys, I think, right, right now, are like better than you've ever been. I think we're trying. We're trying. We're trying to, you know, up the game a little bit, at least in terms of like songwriting and like yeah. the artistry or whatever of the music. We're trying. Mm-hmm. What kind of what kind of content do you get driven to when it comes to songwriting? Where where do you do you have to put yourself in a certain headspace uh, with with Ian and yourself? Because I know. Uh, Simon is now he's off doing cool older brother stuff. I'm yeah, sure. he's doing cool, lucrative brother stuff for, uh, for you guys. For you guys, when when does inspiration strike? You know, it writing for both of us is for Ian. It's like a pretty private thing for the most part. Like the he he gets deep. He like yeah. when it's time to write music, he he goes away eight hours a day. And wherever he actually lives in the house these days, which is awesome. That's um, good. Yes. But he would just, when I first, when we first started the band, I remember he was staying in a tent in the Catskills and I would come out and visit him and bring him grub or whatever. And he would just be sitting there all day playing his fucked up guitar and all, you know, just hours and hours and hours playing. And then he would start singing and you would just be like, oh my God, 
This is amazing. Awesome. It's incredible. So he, you know, he's unfortunately he's the super talented brother. You got like the less talented brother on today, but maybe next that time we can get him. Other than Weird Al Yankovic, you are the greatest accordion <laughs> player I've ever heard in my whole life. Don't fucking sell yourself short. But he, he gets he gets in there. Um, I'm just such a that's you know I'm such a huge fan of his songwriting. I just think it's so that's so cool. Good. Um, yeah. yeah, and I write some songs too. But yeah, for me, I, I I'm in this room. And I just sit at my little keyboard and just try to do it as long as I can until I want to, you know, jump off a bridge. You know, the story that you just <laughs> told, of course, the story you just told sounds like it comes from, you know, like that could be covered in Ken Burns documentary on country music. <laughs> like he's you had to go to the Catskills to a tent to see your older brother <laughs> to feed him as he continues to play music. And then you fall in love with what he's creating. I mean, that is so organic. And we're talking about, you know, the early 2000s when this was happening. Yeah, the early 2000, yeah, 2005, six, way back, way back in those early Americana days. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Did you guys ever get swayed? Because, you know, I hear they use a lot of different technology to alter voices and how music Ooh. has changed. But you guys keep it so honest. And that's why when Eddie went to, Eddie and I went to go see you live, like, Everyone, all the musicians are really playing the instruments, not to sound like I'm 90 years old, but everyone's really playing the instruments. And it's just, it's just so unbelievably beautiful. How did you, was that a purposeful decision to just like keep it? I'm just going to say clean in mm. that way. Keep it like true. Keep it true Americana in that style. Yeah, that was, I think that is the most important thing. Every, I feel like everything we do just has to be real we're not polished we don't we don't really put on like a show per se there's no production there's no lighting there's no real plan yeah i was upset about that because i always wanted that great white experience where <laughs> i, do, I, I went to a show shit. and then i have to run out because uh you know there's a fire that's burning everyone alive <laughs> your music doesn't come with pyrotechnics thank god I, I, I think pyro is slightly overrated to be honest with you we aren't uh, creative in that way and we don't think about it ever so all we do is we just think about okay this is a song it's good we want to sing it for these people we're going to sing it in the most honest way we can and in the last you know i think i spent a lot of the first half of being in the band pretty drunk uh but in the last half of the band like the last eight years or so um also you know actually playing it well has become yeah, pretty yeah. important rather than just like <laughs> muscling through it because i think that's a way to get through music. You can do that. You can just use pure raw fucking intensity. And you can yeah. On an accordion, yeah. I guess it was okay. But um, 
You <laughs> also try to play good now, too. Well, I'm sure you were playing fantastic because the audience was also drunk. So if yes. they're both drunk, no one knows anyone's drunk. Canceled that's just a concert. Yeah, perfect. Exactly, exactly right. <laughs> and you moved on to a lot more piano now, too, because uh, you were pretty much just accordion at first, right? Yeah, at first, uh, I didn't have a, a way to play on stage, really, because we didn't we couldn't get a keyboard and you know, no, no piano. I couldn't hear like a piano because... We just play as loud as we possibly can. Um, So, but yeah, I got this awesome keyboard that I play now a lot. I really love playing piano a lot. Like I really enjoy it. I'm getting kind of good at it, which is so exciting when you actually start to do something and it doesn't infuriate you how much you suck at it. Yeah. Like there's like a, there's a, there's a point where that you kind of come over that crest over that. And it's, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty nice. When it comes to female reaction, um, or in, in maybe some male reaction, what do you think gets the, go- what do you think gets a, a more arousal, oh, the, the piano accordion. or the, the accordion? <laughs> because that's the thing. I, if I, if I would be like, oh babe, I wrote a song for you. And if you whip out an accordion, that could go either way. Well, the only thing they could see is your face and your junk. Yeah. Exactly and right. Something that makes, that's a good point. And something that makes beautiful noise. It's, it's a beautiful sound. It's a beautiful sound. It's a, beautiful instrument it's weird it's kind of clunky it's kind of stupid looking if you think about it too much <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's not like a violin right or a guitar they, these are like perfect instruments perfectly engineered they can't be any better the accordion is like some sort of weird half form quasimodo uh instrument that's not quite a piano not quite an organ it doesn't really know what it is but i like it for that how do you even find one when you were growing up did you just like stumble upon it i feel like you just trip over one at a at a at a rummage sale or something i didn't even play when i i didn't start playing until the band started and this girl i knew had one just from her mom or something oh that was a phase yeah a lot of the ladies went through the accordion phase. Yep. Really? Yes, and and the uh, little guitar phase. Well, the little guitar phase is still happening. Oh, the okay. uke? Yeah. The yeah. ukulele. Yeah. yeah, that's a big one. Uh, yeah, she'd go borrow it, and I never gave it back to her. Uh, <laughs> I t- took it upon myself to learn how to play it. And that was it, because the other instrument I played was guitar. That was terrible at the guitar. Ian was better, so he got to play the guitar. He got to be the lead yeah. singer because he won out on the. Oh, whatever! Everyone wants to be with the accordion player. That's what <laughs> I don't care what anyone say to my mom. So yeah, okay. mom, what accordion player? Oh, that's okay, James. I love the sound of the accordion. James. Why don't you play guitar like your brother? Oh no, <laughs> that's not right, Miss Felice. Don't say that to James. Come on, mom. <laughs> You mentioned uh, you mentioned kind of substance abuse and, and drinking and getting and doing all of that stuff. How has that uh, journey been for you? I know for us personally, we've always been drinking people. Yeah, we've been drinking a lot. Of, we've been drinking a lot. And as you get older, you realize you, you have gotta, to slow you got to slow it down a little bit. Your body is, you know, yeah. starting to, it's starting to t- get some wear and tear. And emotionally, that's the thing with right now. My hangovers. One of the reasons I've been trying to curb it is because the hangovers are like emotional now where yes. you're just because you got so much going on and then you're just like, I can't deal with this for six hours today. I have to move forward with my life. It's incredible how emotionally devastating hangovers are. It's crazy. Oh, I wouldn't it's have horrible. guessed it. So you you started <laughs> curbing a little bit in your later 20s when it came when it came to alcohol. Did you find that alcohol was just because, you know, we travel all the time as well. And alcohol is a very nice um it, it loosens the gears a little bit as you're in uncomfortable situations. Amazingly good at it. And I love alcohol. It's definitely my favorite drink. Uh, yeah. Any kind, I'll take it. Yeah. I, yeah. I, you know, when you, I started the band, whatever, I was 20, 19, 20. 
uh, and then you just encourage to drink for free every yeah, night. That's yeah. what they pay you, um, yeah. which I find to be, I would love money. <laughs> but that's yeah, okay. I just would have spent the money on booze anyway. So I was exactly. like, cut out yeah. Yeah. Little man. Yeah. Cut it out. <laughs> yeah, we would just drink. I, I personally, yeah, there's a couple times, you know, when you, you black out in Belfast. And um, <laughs> as you, you're supposed to, though, it's as Belfast. you're supposed to. Apparently, I was like yelling at a guy from Wilco. I can't remember what I said. And after that, I was like, OK, I had to slow this down. I don't Dude, know, but honestly, that's awesome because you had to like curb drinking because you were screaming at someone uh, from Wilco. I have to curb drinking because I'm screaming at someone in Wilco. Like I have to be like, I want to go into the concert. Watch my favorite band. And they're like, sir, you are obviously hammered. But like you actually, you're like, that's a cool story. We're just like, Spider's kids smoke. This is too long. Well, it is too long. And Wilco, I mean, honestly, not to be in, I don't want to anger Wilco fans out there, but you could toughen up a little bit. <laughs> I don't like, what, is- what I said or what pissed them off, what pissed me off. Oh, they're so them. sensitive. They, uh, I'm I don't know sure which you remember I yelled at. I have no idea. I just, I think. Someone told me what I said to them was, I don't know how you do things to Wilco, but in the Fleece Brothers, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Apparently. So we jealous. So <laughs> Piss blood. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I must have been admonishing them for not being drunk enough on stage. Bro, I'll never forget. We 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 won a Webby Award. I know. Congratulations. Such, such a big deal. Wow. Five, five years ago. I know. The way that Holy you smokes. mentioned that to me, and I didn't bring that up because right. it's so famous that everyone uh-huh. knows that we won it. Um <laughs> But I had a similar thing, free booze. So that's what we're doing right night. Mm-hmm. And I just remember screaming at the, at the head of Vice, just being like, Vice, it sucks. You guys are failing miserably. I, your content's horrible. I said, right now, Gavin McGinnis is getting more press than you. What the fuck is wrong with you? And then, and then he's like slowly walked away. And then I was thinking about it as I was sitting down and I was like, that is. But you're just oh, I was like, last podcast, we just want a web. It's like, who the fuck am I? It's the the head of, I mean, fuck it. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, well, who the fuck? I mean, I know he's not casting me anyway, so it really was, you know, no harm, no foul. But that is, I don't think they're going to let me join Wilco anyway. So I just shot my shot and that was it. And I'm still not in that band. So, but how did the Fleece Brothers do it? (laughs) When our, uh, Oh, I don't, I don't remember what it was. Oh, when uh, what do we do that they don't do? Just, no, do? just yeah, just with just how does the band? How did the band function? Because you guys are brothers, which I also assume means you hate. You have to have hate in oh, your yeah, heart for each hate, other. Like yeah, but <laughs> yeah, it anger. has to be there. It's just yeah, it all has to be there because I I'll my middle brother Chris he cut the uh, fingers off of my action figures, Ooh, and yeah. you know what the action figures were? What? My Police Academy toys. What? I there bought were, them at there K- were Police Academy toys. Yes, they were on discount at KB so. Toys before it went out of business. He cut KB all the toys. fingers off. I've never forgiven him. Uh, that was twenty three years ago. Son yeah, of God. and yeah. I hate him. Twenty three years ago. So that makes you were like nineteen. No, oh my God, it was 30 years ago. <laughs> Holy crap. Oh, I'm so old. I'm so old. Yeah, it was like it was like 30 years ago. Oh, gosh. But how do you do that? How do you travel with your brother and not strangle each other? Especially if you're all getting hammered. That was hard. At the beginning, we actually did weirdly fight a lot. And uh, 
And yeah, we're drunk a lot. But that's why you put the weight on yeah. because Ian is so damn thin. Yeah. yeah. You got to start winning these bra- brawls, bro. Well, I just started stealing his food and be like, that'll teach you. <laughs> lead singers <laughs> have to be thin. If I'm, I'm going to be the lead singer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're forcing me to be the guy who plays the accordion and sings back up? Well, lead singers have to be thin. So enjoy your fucking life. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy being cold all the time. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we did we had we, we just make each other laugh you know the band has changed over the years the cast of characters right. but for the first many years it was like it's like six of us in this rv and we were driving around oh the country gosh. and it was so gross i could tell yeah just stories of absolute depravity just what's one story where you're like we have to get off of this rv i remember I well so we took out the bathroom because we need more space for gear we oh, left the but toilet. You kept using it. <laughs> we left the toilet, but we like wasn't connected. But we would we, we would piss in water bottles and throw the water bottle in the toilet, and then oh, no. every like couple days, some Josh who didn't drive, he would have to empty. We call it the golden treasure. You have to take the golden treasure in <laughs> the dumpster behind the gas station. But I remember we were in New York City once, and some son of a bitch pissed in like a glass container, which was verboten, and yeah. it it it. it you know, to make it a hard fucking left turn somewhere in Manhattan with, with an RV, a 28 foot RV oh, with a trailer. Oh my God. Oh my God. Thing fell out of the toilet, rolled down, exploded all everywhere. And oh, old piss. And it was just like hot, hot piss old from piss. It and was that summer, thing, probably. It was you know. definitely summer, of course. I'm sure it was the hottest day in human yeah. history. It was so gross. And that they thing like leaked all the time. And I have these great memories when it started pouring rain. Like our buddy would like always take off a shirt and just start like, dancing in the water as <laughs> you were driving on a highway just to highlight the absurdity of the situation because of the hole from the air conditioning yeah because the hole from there and his, his poor little bunk was just soaking wet like every time it rained oh my god it only leaked over his little bunk and he would just wake up his snap as he's soaking wet and <laughs> we were just so tired and is he still in the band he's not actually he's he has a big child surprise who's a much happier person now i'm sure i'm sure he is it yeah. seems like the winnebago is a perfect analogy for the fleece brothers yeah. just like going through so much constantly but it so keeps much. on trucking along well it died i'm for rest in peace now I'm just, uh, yeah what'd you guys how'd you how'd you get rid of it tell me you like at least like shot it up or something in the saddest way possible <laughs> where we we drove it to california middle of some long crazy tour the engine seized because someone oh. didn't check the oil good good right awesome move i assume when you say someone it's always your brother yeah it's definitely my <laughs> because brother. the way that you say it is the way that yeah and someone uh, and then it's one. like oh so you you could just say ian yeah we'll ian have him on to, we'll, no, I, we'll do yeah. a point counterpoint with ian and then we'll bring you guys on together at some point <laughs> i want to hear his perspective actually i can't blame him for that one because i think that that was like a whole that was a team fail yeah good anyway yeah so yeah the engine died we got to get it replaced it was like ten thousand dollars get the rv back we drive it across country on the way back the transit the training goes somewhere in maine and at oh that point God. we didn't have any money to like bring her home so we traded it for the tow and now she sits in a junkyard somewhere in oh, Maine. oh my God. Oh. with stories to tell i'm sure to all telling. the other junk cars around i, w- I do These wish the walls could talk Ugh. they would piss out of their mouths <laughs> sure i'm sure the thing is still wafting smells like decaying uranium probably Absolutely. like stinky for the next ten thousand years Man, I can't even because then you have this beautiful sound that you guys are creating 
uh, from at venues all across the world, and then this is the transportation. It's it, that, that is such a great uh, reminder <laughs> that the arts are always going to be dirty and filthy at the end of the day. They mm-hmm. gotta be. You're traveling around. You guys know you tour. I want to ask you about something. Of course. You played the Midnight Ramble, right? Yes. With Levon? Yeah. Yeah. So, Bro, what? Yeah. yeah. They played with Levon. We they did. loved the you because you guys here. also lived in Woodstock yep. for a while, right? Yeah. And so you like you kind of in and out of there a lot, right? Yeah. We played. I think we only ever played one show with him. But yeah, we would go there all the time because they had awesome shows there. Not every once a month, Levon would play the Ramble. Yeah, and I, I, yeah. I went and the show start at midnight. I never went, right? But I, I this legend. It would start at midnight and go all night, right? I think when he was he was pretty old at that point. I think they were starting a little earlier. But they, yeah, would, yeah. I hope so for his sake. They would rock. It was awesome. They'd have awesome guests and sick bands would come through, and Levon would kill it every night, singing, wow. playing drums and mandolin. It was so cool yeah and did you have a chance to kind of speak with him at all or was it all very briefly i'm, I'm yeah I, I like almost never talk to my heroes because yeah i'm just too afraid of bothering them making an asshole out of myself I let no, and, and that's why I'm, I'm so thankful for you to come on today <laughs> yeah i got to I know it's i, I got know to it's actually hard to redeem myself to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no i never really got to hang with him, but i you know i said a couple nice things to him i got to just be around which was plenty for me yeah you know when we talk about the culture that that with that your brand of music that rock rock and roll americana style Levon obviously i think it's safe to say he, he would he could maybe still be alive today if he didn't love the red solo cup so much Pro- you know what i'm saying yeah, cancer he had cancer. Well, smoke, but he, I was a smoker, I think. He was That's a smoker true. He was back a smoker, in the day. Yeah. Was there anything when it comes to like, I don't know why, because I'm, I'm kind of struggling, not struggling, but I'm kind of working on trying to figure out how to consume by my alcohol specifically. We'll just say alcohol in this case. Mm-hmm. Um, also trying to figure out how to consume more weed. Mm-hmm. That's different. That's easy. Um, that's, that's easy, although it does mess with my brain a little bit. Mm-hmm. Turns out. You guys um, start taking it anally. Ah, uh, I'm doing it all wrong. Uh, <laughs> I talk out of my ass. Might as well take medicine out of uh, in it too. Might as well take my uh, my weed. But the culture is very much whiskey, yeah. joints, smokes. Was that hard when you stopped drinking for that little while or whatever? When you just kind of like curbed it? Was that a tough transition to be like, how the fuck do I do this on a Friday yeah. night? You know, because yeah. that's what. Because um, it's just so. It's so. I mean, I was worried that I wouldn't like whaling if I was totally sober, but I find I like it even more. <laughs> yeah. Because you can really, you you know, the like, music oh, I remember when I did that to myself. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the music actually becomes more enjoyable to me when I'm yeah. sober. Or like I've had, I'm, I'm really lucky in that I can just have a drink, you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, I know people just really can't, but I am. Absolutely. So I can, I can still enjoy it. I can have a glass one here and there. I, I mean, I got wasted yesterday, so also, um, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. It's a, it, it, it was well, it's a, a Tuesday. Yeah. Right? It was a Tuesday, so <laughs> it's still a pandemic. Okay, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Give me a break. Uh, we were also like never did drugs, really. Like didn't even smoke weed, really. Yeah, we just loved oh, drinking really? and cigarettes. Which I don't even know if those count. But yeah, we weren't really. We would at one time the whole band got high and we all just puked. In the van, in the Winnebago. I don't think anybody actually yeah. let loose in the van that particular time, but it did happen. Yeah, we and yeah, we're we're lucky that we're Ian is a much more temperate person than I am. He's also yeah. good, and he just doesn't necessarily need it, which is we're just lucky, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. So we can keep doing this for a while, you know. Absolutely. What makes a good murder ballad? <sighs> That's a great question. That is a question I am asking myself at the moment as I try to write one. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> Someone has to get murdered. Yes. And it has to be horrifying. Mm-hmm. And it has to be, in a way, a celebration of the, the true sickness and sadness of humanity, right? Mm-hmm. Like the best murder ballads are fun. Yeah. And rollicking. And they're just like, you know, I th- what's the one I'm thinking of? Oh, f- I can't remember the name right now, but just, just like riding the edge, like killing the woman you love and then like <laughs> riding over the side of a cliff just seems yeah. so romantic. What about for some something reason. like like Warren <laughs> Zevon's Excitable Boy? Ooh. That's not that's, that's not really a murder ballad, but that song is the lyrics are disgusting. I mean, he rapes and kills this woman, goes to prison, comes back and digs her bones up and makes a stride out of her. It's, it's, like, a, out of her it's like a fucked yeah. up twist, right? Because you don't think it like it. The murder and rape part doesn't happen until like the song's almost over, right? Yeah, yeah and, then, and then it ends with like, and then he makes a cage out of her bones. You're like, that is just such an upbeat song with <laughs> such song. very strange lyrics. He was going through some when he wrote that song. He was like, he thought he was on something cool. I don't know. That's that's. that's I love that song, but it I is. I love like, it's a, Mon, Do you yeah. do you oh, base yeah. a murder ballad off of like an article you read? It's probably a good way sometimes. To usually, it's just it's like a name of a woman comes to you. And then a method. <laughs> what was the one of you guys? A Ruby May? Oh, yeah. Is Ruby that- May. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. That's an awesome song. Yeah, it's Ian's. Uh, that one, he wrote that in somebody's basement. I remember that. Um, I don't know where he got that idea from, but it's so cool, right? It's like, a, it's like it takes place in the wintertime. It's like New York City. He's so good at like yeah. dropping these little visual clues and cues that just put you in a space and time in a situation yes oh yeah no absolutely and like you guys do a lot of like historical type songs or just like even the new song inferno which is which is the title of a jean-claude van damme movie yeah. oh i didn't know that yeah well, that's the whole song's I, practically half of it's about like going to act, going to see that movie by accident yeah because right? i never even heard of it and i like, never I was heard of it either like, i never even heard of it and i was like i was like oh i gotta i was like jean-claude van damme i was like what are they talking about and i looked it up and i was like oh it's a shit real movie. It's, a, it's, a, it's a real movie it's a true story you actually saw it because fight club was sold out that was <laughs> oh. the worst movie you ever saw in his entire life damn jean-claude van damme got a lot of brad pitt overflow yeah in more ways than one <laughs> i am sure of that <laughs> yeah, and then on um, Celebration Florida, that was their uh, Fat Possum. Yes. Uh, okay. Album. Cool. Yeah. And uh, that was also we talked about when you guys, uh, you know, you've sounded the same pretty much always. But Celebration Florida, you guys went for some crazy shit. Yeah, that was a it was like it was <laughs> controversial. It was, like, it was controversial, but it was also one of your highest selling albums, right? Uh, I wouldn't say that. Was it? Does it say that on the Wikipedia? It says that on Wikipedia. <laughs> really? Yeah. Let's keep that. I think we we would tell people that that was like a joke <laughs> on stage. Be like, oh, and this is like our diamond selling record, summer diamond selling record, Celebration Florida. Yep. And there's a lot of shit you say on stage that's in the Wikipedia that's definitely not true because we would just, just talk shit on stage all the time. As you should, you have to. That record, yeah, I think everybody hated that record. I thought it was cool. What was different about it? I mean, it was electronic. Yeah, it was a lot electronic, of like, and it, was, and it was bizarre. I saw you guys perform it in whole at. Um, the Brooklyn Bowl, mm. and I just remember going. I was on mushrooms, and I left the party, and I was like, "I'm just gonna go catch Felicia Brothers real quick." I remember, like, I left, I saw you guys, and I walked back to the party. I was like, "This is a great night." <laughs> Did you know you were being hunted by Eddie this whole time? By the way, this is also a twist. Like, 
This is when they, yeah. I found you. The flashback. Yeah, I keep seeing it, the images of him like throughout my life. Hey, Eddie walked in today. He's like, oh, thanks so much for having me on, Kizzle. I've seen him seven times. I'm like, does he know? It's freaking horrifying. It was well, eight if you count twice at Bonnaroo. But, uh, right. Wow, Bonnaroo. Holy smokes. Yeah. Oh, eight. You guys played two shows. You're one of like three or four bands at all of Bonnaroo that played two shows. They, I think they, um, they caught us selling our passes before we started playing they never invited us back so that was oh, our one Bonnaroo. well Bonnaroo is over anyway nobody cares well that yeah. you invited the entire crowd on stage and they were really pissed about that yeah that they were pissed about that too yeah. <laughs> that's a nice <laughs> thing to do one and done with those guys unfortunately that's so freaking funny I feel bad about selling the passes I do not feel bad about bringing the crowd on stage I think that's just okay what, what do you mean you feel bad for selling passes that's a good thing to do you gotta make some money make some extra money we didn't even get to that part yet about how you make money as a band you gotta sell, sell, your, your sell your passes. You gotta sell your backstage passes. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. But in Celebration Florida, I was trying to get to, you got that really cool song about Mike Tyson. Yeah. Which, which I, to me is the highlight of the album. And it's definitely why I keep going back to it. That it song was, it's is just, fun as hell. It's so much fun. Do you guys still do that song? or You know, we haven't played a show in like a year and a half, so I don't yeah, even yeah, know. No, I'm with you. Yeah. But um, we yeah, sometimes we have like so many songs. We bring that one out of retirement sometimes and rock it. It's so much fun to play. Yeah. yeah. Well, you guys, you say you haven't played in a year and a half, but you guys got stuck in Belgium, right? Um, When COVID started? No. No? Is that I'm, Wikipedia? I'm, I'm just, am I mistaken? No, I thought I just remember. No, we made it home. We were in Europe, actually, and we got home like the end of February. I think just before oh, okay. the shit oh, hit the okay. fan. No, we didn't get That's stuck anywhere. Was. One time yeah. Ian got stuck in East Germany on a tour, but that was a while wow. ago. It just sounds scary. Yeah. To be stuck scary. in East Germany just sounds very, like a very hospital scary. In East it Germany happened to lots of people. Dark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How much? Because obviously, again, Frankie's Gun, that's the basic song that is fantastic. How, how sick are you? of that song do you guys get sick of your music and, and just to extrapolate that do you guys get sick of certain songs do you guys just try to keep every performance live or do you have your free bird moments where you're like and now frankie's gone and then yeah. everyone's like yay finally we do we for a long for a while ian didn't want to play the song anymore which i'd get and we did of course and people were pissed so it's like we'll play it it's fun to play i, I like i like yeah. playing. it's and a great it's, song I and the chords, it, so yeah, and it's a big accordion song. And it's a, you know, it's a big accordion song, so of course. Yeah. That's why he didn't want it to be played. Uh -huh, exactly. Oh, let's start sowing the seeds of contempt now. <laughs> we have a big Fleece Brothers feud that we're, we have a whole season arc scheduled, you scheduled for you guys. That would be great. Me and Ian need yeah. some uh, 
some saucy <laughs> content. That song was in um, Eastbound and Down. <laughs> yeah, isn't that awesome? I how cool was that? That was so cool. Uh, it's one of my favorite things that they use that song. I that love show. that freaking show so much. Yeah, yeah that was no, a just funny a, show. You're a tiny part of one of the funniest shows of all time. Isn't that cool? I had John Reap on last week, who was also in Eastbound and Down. That show, anyone, anything that that show touched, did a great job. Absolutely, the show was yeah. gold. It was good times. That's an interesting thing. So with Frankie's gun and stuff, obviously with Ian being like, I'm just so done with it. I'm sure you got sick of it too. But in reality, it is a compliment, right? How yeah. much people want to want to hear it and they want to like, you know. I mean, we we kind of get that with uh, with pot, being podcasters. People go through so much life experience, you know, and and they go through death and everything else, marriage, kids, the whole the whole gamut, graduation, and you're there with them, you know, and you're on these journeys with them that you don't aren't privy to you, but you know it really does make such a difference for them, and it's it's got to be intense when you meet people and be like, whether it be positive or negative, there's just so much emotion that you didn't realize you were a part of in some way. It's so nuts. And it's something I never think about until I'm like face to face with whoever. Cause yeah, I, I go yeah. out and I sell merch after every show. So I talk to like everybody and it's amazing. I, you know, I, we've been a band for 15 years. So now we're seeing like people whose, whose first show is you know, a fleece brother show, bringing their kids to the show. Like, wow. It's it's almost has that kind of thing happening. Yeah, a whole life they've been spending with our music, and of course they're gonna play Frankie's Got for You. Like I, I'm so grateful that you came to the show. I'm so grateful that you like the music. Like yeah. I love you. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you. Right. It's so beautiful. I completely understand the initial being sick of it though reaction and stopping for a while because I'm sure you know yeah. that, that makes all the sense in the world. I think so. I mean, it's like, gonna be done with it. Like comedians, if they like, sh- it's different, right? Because like sometimes if you're doing like a stand up set, someone will call out a bit that they want you to do. Nightmare. Which, that's yeah. a nightmare. That's way different, I guess, than like playing like your your. What's the difference song. between music and comedy? You guys get to play the hits, and everyone loves you. If we keep telling the same jokes, we get booed off stage. That's right. You got to come up with fresh new material. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. You it's guys, one easy thing I'm- we got have a lot of humor in your music it's uh, i find a lot of your songs to be hilarious i find myself laughing when i'm listening a lot how important do you think it is to add humor to music i think it's so important my one of my favorite songwriters is uh randy newman oh, oh of course yeah <laughs> eddie the and best. i speaking of bombing eddie and i did a horror eddie and i just read the lyrics to short people <laughs> uh, on stage together because it was two of our friends reed and andrew who are both very very short they had a show and we we're like this will be really funny and uh, the crowd just thought we were very mean uh-huh. <laughs> because yeah, it is it it quite, it doesn't that, work Short people, Randy. New- That's a hate song. It's really it is is. just it's a straight up like blown. short people should die. It's very short funny. Short people but- have no reason to live. That's yeah. <laughs> the fucking it's thing a, to say. More than once in the song. Oh, many, many dozens of times, in fact. Uh, that's hilarious, though. And he has this amazing way of, you know, he wrote the Strippy was a particularly ridiculous song, but he, he yes. is so good at infusing humor, dark humor, and emotion. He's kind of like almost like. I think of him as like the Coen brothers in the same sort of way. Sure. Sort of yeah. finding humor in darkness. I think John Prine does it. I think like really great yes. country songs and folk songs. That's one of the functions of them. Yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah, I think we, we try to do that as well. Have you guys seen a resurgence at all in the in the sound, in that country sound? Just I feel like everyone's going back or not everyone, but as people are... People are thinking about barbecue because mm-hmm. they miss the fire. We miss the campfire. And so barbecue's got a big resurgence. Right. When it comes to soul and when it comes to country... Have you found, or I know obviously you haven't been on the road yet. I'm interested to see what you'll find when you do go on the road because I'm, I feel like after we've had such turbulent 
a turbulent five years and it wasn't like things weren't turbulent before right. yeah. <laughs> like you know like we got into like ultra spin i wouldn't be surprised if people just need that soul need that americana need that classic rock kind of like yeah. void has to be filled right now i i think so i hope that's true i think that i feel disconnected from music because i'm not i don't know how to f- listen to music on the internet i'm just like not good at it i get distracted i get it's just like it doesn't suit me so like my interface with music was always touring it's like seeing bands yeah. like we're opening for like talking listening to music in the, on the in the on the road you know yeah driving. yeah so important to me um so yeah i don't know what music's like right now i don't think anybody does i think when it opens up in a few months god willing we'll we'll see what the landscape is and i think hopefully there's going to be uh an explosion of creativity because so many people have just yeah. been alone writing and an uh, explosion of interest too because netflix is boring now maybe we're like tired of watching movies the on same our computers yeah yeah there are going to be so many songs about like and then i knitted a hat like there's gonna be like i know everyone was in COVID. i know and then i watched maury okay i understand yeah i watched maury also that's a horrible singing voice that i apologize that i did that to you and i, I hope it didn't make you no, worse it was beautiful i loved it yes in the 15 year career you must have seen the ebbs and flows of of musical trends really play out because when I remember when you guys all broke right so the early two thousands I yeah, guess two thousand eight two thousand nine yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I felt like there was another kind of resurgence in your sound again Definitely. with like Avid Brothers and stuff yeah. and that's probably again because Deer Tick yeah um, you know because Eddie was Eddie would be like Kiss I'll listen to this I think you'll like it and ninety nine point nine percent of the times he was right yeah <laughs> um, and so I remember when all of when when that style was big. And then obviously kind of moved on SoundCloud rap, Post Malone, that kind of stuff has sure. changed quite a bit. Have mm-hmm. you, what kind of ebbs and flows have you seen in music personally? And how has that affected your band? That's that's 100% true. I think there was like a this Americana resurgence. I remember just being blown away by like the first Old Crow Medicine Show record. Yeah, That was like yes. really inspiring to us. Like these guys are doing it. And I think that record came out like 2005. Uh, yeah. And then like, yeah, Deer Taking Us. And I think it reached like a crazy point of popularity with like Mumford and Son, right? Where they were yeah. playing like yeah. arenas, like Madison Square Garden, folk rock in arenas, a guy with a banjo in an arena. I think it became, that's crazy. And now yeah. everybody's like over it for a minute, but maybe it'll come back. But you're right. The, yeah, it's different now. Yeah, but I, I mean, it all comes back. That's I the whole so. thing. You guys toured with Old Crow. Yeah, uh, we did. That what was that. That was the. Um, I, I want to. I want to remember. Hold on, the big surprise. The tour, big surprise right? tour. Yeah, that's right. It was you, them, and Justin Towns Earl. Justin oh. Towns. Oh my God, yeah, that's incredible. Lost. Yeah, it was, and uh, uh, yeah. Gillian Welsh and, and uh, Dave Rollins. Yeah. Wow. What, yeah, it was. It so was cool. so much fun. It was so cool. It's a long time ago now. What's yeah. your favorite experience about that? Not on stage, but backstage. What's your favorite experience about being with those guys and? I mean, it's just, oh, that's man. incredible. So just much the, I mean, how do you even hang out in the green room? Like, what? Because it, it's so much. It's so interesting. It can be so much fun. Yeah. Shotgun and beers with Dave Rollins and <laughs> hanging out with Justin when he's just telling you the most craziest stories or just being around like Gillian Welsh, who's just such a, an angelic, interesting, yeah. kind hearted person. Uh, yeah. I spent so much, so many hours of my life surrounded by such intelligent talented musicians it's so cool i miss that immensely yeah it always surprised me you guys you named the tour after your song the big surprise yeah well how did that happen 
I think that was like old Crow Medicine shows there. You know, like right. why, why, why is it like? And you didn't even name your album that. You didn't even, it was just, did you guys? It was did just you guys? So, yeah. I'm sure old. I'm sure old Crow like. If you guys did Frankie's Got an Old Crow Had to Do Wagon Wheel, I'm yeah. sure like everyone would be killed. <laughs> like, be like, I could just see you guys coming back and be like, we got to go again. Oh, it's yeah. great. We do it every but, night. That was, I think, Old Crow, Catch, who's like the band leader of Old Crow, that was his idea. They were like really, like really cool to us. Like they were That's so awesome. sweet to us and supportive mm. and encouraging. And they, it was, they were so kind and yeah. they let us rock with them on stage and they would, oh. they sort of took us under their wing. Um, when we went on tour with them for the first time and we went on a bunch of runs with them it's the coolest sweetest people in the world that's great yeah that's such a great gig it was so yeah. cool and i remember speaking of frankie's gun like we've been talking about it and you know obviously a classic song and so was wagon wheel for them i saw old crow at uh the um the grand Ole opry mm, and that's awesome they were like a surprise extra bill because they were doing their um their dylan cover album Oh, and right. it was the they you get three songs or four songs at the at, at the uh at the opry and there was their last song and i remember them saying when you play the opry you got to play the song that got you to the opry and so they played wagon wheel that's so, interesting. so that's, i feel like that's what frankie's gun is for you guys you know what if we ever play the opry i swear to god we'll play frankie's gun how have you not gotten in the opry yet not yet i don't know we're you know we no one comes to our shows in Nashville. We don't really do. Well no, that won't be. We'll we'll make we'll get. Yeah, get them there. out yeah. in Nashville because Eddie and I will be there. Okay, yeah, there we, we, count for, we have to buy three tickets we each have, just yeah. to get yeah. in the door. It's actually offensive. <laughs> it's actually offensive. They call it the Kissel the the Kissel Ed tax, and I'm sick of it. And but whatever. I got one seat by the bar. I got one seat in the pack. Yep. <laughs> Pathetic. Who would you like to, uh, and again, James, thank you so much for being on the show, by the oh, way. Oh, it's my yeah. pleasure. It's so um, much fun. We don't, have to, we don't have to keep you too much longer, but is there anyone that you, uh, is there a dream collaboration, a dream concert or collaboration, anyone that you want to throw out in the universe and try to get that person to work with? Anyone you that you see out there right now where you're like, this person is so fucking perfect for us? Oh, man. I mean, the lame thing was just, be sad. I want to play with literally anyone anywhere in the country. Where it is. You know, I've been really I I got to tour there a few years ago, but um Phoebe Bridgers, I think is so awesome. Cool. And she's sweet. I'd love to play some music with her again. Yeah. Uh, I just so many any yeah, I hate to say it, but honestly, anyone. Anyone. Please. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think the genre, I think the genre is really doing well. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have like Tyler Chil Childers. Yeah, you have like uh, you got uh, the big the big boy there, Sturgill. Sturgill. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm trying to think of the uh, the. Um, oh my goodness! Oh, I really like this guy. He's another kind of a Chris country. Stapleton. Not Stapleton. He didn't I even playing this game. Uh, What's Ben thinking? What's Ben thinking? Huda, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Parmesan, and now I hopefully the name can come to me. Margot Price. Uh, no, but you've just no. Anyway, I forget the name of this guy, but he's very talented. Uh, awesome. It seems like the Jimi Hendrix. No, not Jimmy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Did he play the violin? I Jesus. <laughs> no, it's uh, uh, William Elliot Whitmore. Oh, oh William yeah. Elliot Whitmore. He's awesome. I like, yeah, he's an yeah. old school guy. He's an he's old, old soul. I was listening well. when I was like a kid, kind of. Well, not a kid, yeah, but like, uh, yeah. You know, um, so I just feel like the genre is in a really good place. Well, yeah, there's I mean, just so much it's yeah. cool shit out there. When things are fucked up in the country, when the economy sucks, 
yep. countries up. So absolutely, and not this, not this new trash country. No, uh, the Ugh, old, the please. old sound. Yeah, the old sound, the good stuff. Please, Lord. Yeah, absolutely. Well, James Felice, is there any other questions that you have? Special announcements about Trump, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, good. I I don't even like to feed the tulpa. It's a five-letter word I'm so fucking sick of. Jesus. It is actually a wonderful song, and it makes me want to save up my money to be president. Uh, That's that's right. Do you have a thousand years and a million-dollar gift from your dad? Um, And I know that you said the new album is going to come out at some point. You haven't even announced it yet. Yeah. Um, but we had a chance to give it a, a listen, and it is fantastic. Did Thank you? We can perhaps play a song to to go out. That's cool. We should play the new one, Inferno. Yeah, play the new one, Inferno. Well, let's play. We'll play Inferno going out, and uh, I'm sure you guys will have like dates and everything like that coming out. And yes, whenever we are in, what I just want to see you because I, I want to touch wanna you. See, I want to see you as a friend. Well, yes. I'm vaxxed and ready to hug. I'm really I'm I'm too, man. Up, baby. Oh my God. We're feeling so good. Eddie had a great premiere of his movie, How America Killed My Mother. We had a night Amazing. out. It felt, yeah. it felt like it, it was, was like a, a real night out. Right? We went to the movies and then went to a bar. It was wow. amazing. It was unbelievable. And one of our friends got too drunk to be able to Uber himself home. I mean, yeah. we're, we're nailing it. We are back. <laughs> so proud of you. So I proud think, of Americans in general, so, you specific. Get wow. that shit going through, man. We're going to be out the, there in September, I think. We're going to try to get a show in awesome. September. No way so, we'll miss it. No way know. we will miss it. Absolutely. Send your personal invitation. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> invitation I can't refuse. <laughs> That's right. Uh, James, thank you so much, man. And thank you to everyone who listened to this show. Uh, reach out and follow James on everything. Uh, social media related, it is what it is. It could be good for engagement. Yeah. Do you have, uh, do you do, uh, do you have your own um, social media? If you want to reach me, I have, mine is called Cucumber Guy. That's my Instagram handle. It's all photographs and then, of bugs. And then what's your, so don't what's, worry. Your, <laughs> what's your personal phone number and social security code? <laughs> I get them mixed so, up, but I'll just yeah. throw both out there just in case. There's a bunch of sevens. And There's a bunch of sevens. <laughs> James Felice. All right, everyone. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Hope you're safe and help, healthy and happy out there. And to listen to the Fleece Brothers if you haven't. They will make you, uh, they'll they'll put you in your feels. Yeah, Is you that go. what people say? They give you a smile, they give you a cry, and a kick in the nuts. <laughs> Everything you need to have a good day. All right, everyone. Hail yourselves. Bye, James. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, gentlemen. We were 17. Hoping for better things Like worms waiting for wings And high school rings Fight club was sold out We went to see Inferno instead You said I never even heard of it But I liked karate
This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.